Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wow. Hi, everyone. This is Dean Hanglin from the Office of Rational Exuberance. I have a horrible fear that today's show is actually going to be as long as the Oscars Oh, itself. my God. Let's not hope. i got to get that. On the other hand, here. I'm Phil Lairness from the Offices of Cinema, Arts, Entertainment. And it is the uh, wake of the Oscar ceremony here in Hollywood. Wake is an appropriate word because <laughs> we are mourning... The death of a perfectly good evening. <laughs> well, you didn't watch. I I watched it on TiVo and it still took two hours. That's skipping the commercials and all the as fast forwarding just to the highlights, just to the speeches and the if you skipped the montages. It would have only been eleven and a half minutes. So. I skipped the montages. I could not believe they showed every Oscar winner since nineteen twenty nine. I know, and it was like uh, uh, you know, my TiVo has that thirty second fast forward to get through the commercials, right? And they were literally 30 seconds every 10 years. And that's 80. I mean, like, that's two and a half minutes. So you're going, oh, yeah, remember Midnight Cowboy? It's like, wow, you're there? How about that? That's great. Um, actually, I'm still. Oh, there we go. That, that was good. Yeah. There it's just go. a little hot in my uh, headset. A little hot? In Here headset. from the heart of Hollywood. Let me. Uh, uh, we didn't even mention the name of the show. We left oh, in yeah. so much. We left in. Dean Haglund and Phil Lernis are coming at you. Live from the heart of Hollywood. And it is the day after when we unweld the manhole covers and remove the metal detectors from, <laughs> from the exactly. Hollywood Oh my God, traffic was awful. I know Our producer Chris and I couldn't get in today. It was, it was horrible. It was god awful. Unbelievable. Um, so, uh, yeah, the uh, I th- my favorite review of the show <laughs> was from Daily Variety, which just said... Oh, so now we know what kind of show we would have seen had the writers stayed on strike. <laughs> because that's what it seemed like. I mean, with all the montages and everything, it was... Uh, well, I guess they went to a lot of trouble to make those montages to cover themselves in case there was a strike. Right. There was there was one really funny one. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> Binoculars and periscopes. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was so great. <laughs> and, the, and the less the audience liked it in the... Yeah. Auditorium, the more I loved it. <laughs> but then again, I loved Oprah Uma. Uma. Yeah. Oprah. Well, see, and then I thought that's why the, the B montage really failed, because you already mocked it with the Periscope binoculars. So right. I felt should have checked with John Stewart what the comedy bits were, and his B thing just sucked. Well, and also then the, 
it it also there was the Kate uh, Blanchett joke about how Kate Blanchett played every role in movies, and they cut to the dog chasing after Josh Brolin yeah. in No Country for Old Men, and they had the arrow pointing with the name Kate to yeah. the dog, so you knew that she played the dog. Well, that's another gag that they do in the B montage, where me 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 and yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Same now, John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, what you really, think of that? I, well, he he was he was great. And uh, it, first of all, I was touched to see how nervous he was. You know, mm, I mean, his hand yeah. was shaking a bit in the opening uh, in the opening monologue. And of course, I thought, well, first of all, never mind the big television audience, and and never mind the 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 house there. Whereas you and I have discussed before, he didn't play well to the house the first time mm-hmm. that he hosted the show. Played well, I thought, at home, but the. Uh, the room of show business phonies didn't particularly dig John Stewart. Yeah, but they, I just... they liked him this time. But I was just thinking, you know, yes, he's used to doing live television every day, but boy, sitting behind a desk is a really different energetic than standing up and working a stage. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Well, his background is stand up, but when you when you have that desk and the camera's closer on him too, right? So you have to actually project more and uh, extend a bit more. Uh, when you're on the stand, just with the microphone, I thought he did uh, did very well. Uh, a couple of the complaints that I've heard from John Stewart fans mm-hmm. is that they missed, you know, the political humor. They missed the thing that he does best, and you know, it's it, you. It's a gig, as you and I have discussed, that you can't win for losing. Yeah, because, I know. Because when he hosted before, he did his stuff the first time, mm-hmm. and it didn't play to the room at all. Right, cause because they, you uh, get the uh, the rest of America calling us all communist left-wing bastard. Well, and also because we can't spell the word superdelegates if you <laughs> spot us the delegates. So, uh, S-U-P-R-A? Are they supra-delegates? Supra. Like my Toyota. Supra? Uma. Uma Supra. Ah, see what you did there? So, anyway, John Stewart, good. But, you know, the show is host-proof, really. I mean, it doesn't matter... You could have Lenny Bruce back from the grave given his best performance of all time, and the show would still stink. Well, and I don't know if it's trying to connect present-day Hollywood to Hollywood history. Like, it seemed I was getting a history lesson every four minutes, that it was either some like Barbara Streisand talking about her Oscar wins or showing me how the Academy actually votes. Like, all of this thing, if you're trying to get kids your demographic the big worry was the ratings were down particularly with the uh 13 to 14 year old group you know who spend all the money apparently uh first you put hannah montana on after nine big mistake right and then uh, you keep going on you know the history of hollywood you know what the kids like the history remember 1929 kids it's just like wow i don't know if that's uh, you know what would be kind of an interesting thing to do would be to have them discuss how the Oscars change their career. Mm. And some people's career never uh, went after. Exactly. Oh, my God. So talk to But Cher. they would never do it, would no, they? No, they would never it, reveal the truth. That's true, because there are people whose career... Were, I know. mean, that's, for most people, pretty much you've just hit your peak, and it's downhill now. You know, uh, when I uh, had the house over here in Hollywood, uh, right on Point Center, right behind me, was the uh, Best Supporting Actor winner of 1967 for West Side Story. George Chakiris. George Chakiris. And he makes jewelry in his garage now. I think he actually, didn't he just pass away? Did he really? Uh, yeah, he, he, I don't think he's mm. with us anymore. I, yeah. I missed that story. He yeah, was my neighbor. Within the last couple of years. Oh. He had a nice dog. Yeah, I actually read an article in the newspaper about him doing that, uh, the jewelry stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry he passed away. 
Uh, we're okay. Out. I I want I want to. Uh, we have our top secret ballots. Yeah, we do. We're gonna we're gonna go through and we're gonna see who won our pool. Uh, so you have uh, Phil's right. top Phil's secret ballot. Seven, I have Dean's. And there's uh, twenty bucks in here, right? So no, there should be ten in each, right? Well, I don't I don't know if I got change. Okay, so um, <laughs> the, to show you what kind of you know who are they appealing to. What mm -hmm. demographic are they appealing to? I mean, they want to appeal to everybody, clearly, but it just doesn't make sense. And there was one commercial break. It was so funny. Lily had kind of the line of the night when we were watching because the announcer says, the Oscars will be right back with Penelope Cruz, Patrick Dempsey, and John Travolta. <laughs> and Lily just was silent, and she goes, that doesn't make me want to come back. <laughs> All right, wow. so we will begin today's show yes. with... Wait, uh, speaking of commercials, what was that text vote for your favorite commercial, A.B.? There was a text vote for your favorite Oscar commercial? I'm not going to lie to you. I walked away oh. from more um, from more of this show than I ever have mm -hmm. in, in, in the past. Apparently a lot of people did. So, the lowest rated ever. Okay, so who's got the master list? So we'll begin with the award for mm. best visual effects. Best visual effects. An award presented uh, by Dwayne Johnson on the show. <laughs> they introduced Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> and like I who? think I speak, yeah, for America when I said, who the hell is Dwayne? <laughs> oh, it's The Rock. The Rock. He's, uh, yeah. And you realize he came. He came out as Dwayne Johnson. Right, because he's doing a new movie for Disney. And because well, Disney did, it, it already came out. Yeah. Oh, I he did he a family. He's doing family comedy things now for Disney, and he did one, and it came out as Dwayne Johnson. I thought he was yeah. doing another one, no, and they had him come out as Dwayne Johnson too to make it more family, right. less scary. But it doesn't wrestling. sound good. Can you smell what Dwayne Johnson is cooking? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like. Somebody should be arrested for saying that. Uh, so okay. the winner for best visual effects, mm -hmm. uh, I thought in a bit of a, uh, I thought a, a bit of a, an upset was the Golden Compass. Yeah. Who did uh, Phil Lerner's pick? Well, he picked Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> his most hated movie ever. Yeah, and, and uh, Dean Haglund uh, picked Transformers. <laughs> so we have no winner there. <laughs> we have no no winner. Right so what are you doing? Top. Are you just crossing it I, out? I put an X. It? I put an X. So every through we, the category. Through the category. Oh well, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So you have screwed up on that one. <laughs> you wrote on the top of your ballot, Oscar 2008 ballot in your face. <laughs> that was so that you would be, you know, forever fearing my excellent judgment. <laughs> it is in my face. So we're uh, to keep if for those of you keeping score at home, zero. It's uh, zero to zero after one. <laughs> wow, this category. is good. If you're going to keep recapping after, we have a short-term memory. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Lerner. No, sorry, this is going to be as long as the Oscars. <laughs> and now a commercial. In the category of best sound editing, mm. which uh, was presented by uh, Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen mm -hmm. on the show. Very funny. I thought Who, that was... Did you think it was funny? Okay, a lot of people it. didn't, and it didn't seem like it played well in the house. They were, for those of you uh, listening at home who have... Uh, Never seen the... <laughs> or, or gratefully forgotten the show, I don't know how that would be possible. <laughs> Even though, like, they'll show winners from last year, and I'll go, what did they win for? I don't remember at all. I don't remember. But uh, they were introduced, Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen, as uh, Judy Dench and Halle Berry. <laughs> what I thought was so funny about the gag was that it didn't seem to be playing well. So when they came back to present their second sound award... 
they just kept selling it they did, with yeah. what were obvious ad libs. Like when Jonah Hill says, "Allow me to open this with my Halle Berry hands," I thought that was very that's funny, very good. No, they're they're funny. I mean, if they, you know what, they should have actually had bad Halle Berry Judy Dench script that they then read from as instead right. of arguing who's Halle Berry. That's a good. Uh, that's yeah, a good that would have been funnier. Anyway. Unless the argument was ad-libbed, in which case it would have been fine. So the winner... Of sound editing. Yes, was the Born <sighs> Ultimatum. I know, which didn't sound good at all. I, you had Transformers. For, so that was for sound editing, I had Transformers, yeah. and yeah. you had Transformers. I know, because the sound was excellent. That was some sound, sound editing. Sound editing. We so screwed we're up crossing that one. That one okay, we zero. are still zero. zero. Uh, <laughs> at the end of, though, that award being presented... For for bowl, born ultimatum for sound editing. Again, I looked at at Lily and well, you know it's like it's I don't know. Does anybody get excited no. unless you've won your pool based on that? You don't really get excited. Yeah. And you know they showed clips, short little clips from the movies, and we both shrugged and looked at each other. And Lily said, "Well, it looked hard." <laughs> that was her comment. So congratulations, guys, on your for, excellent work. For looking hard. It looks hard. It does look hard. All right. So that okay. brings us to another sound award best. Sound mixing. Mixing. And the winner for that one was Born The Born Ultimatum. And I you had no country for old men, which is funny because it happened Silent Desert. You (laughs) (laughs) But that but you first picked No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah. Crossed it out and ended up picking Transformers. (laughs) Because it was, you know, how many channels it had to be. Every every go of you know Decepticon had to have its own soundtrack channel. In truth, I. Uh, picked a different movie than Transformers because t- traditionally the two awards don't match for some strange reason. This mm. year they did. They the Born Ultimatum. And actually, uh, to be honest with you, it was, uh, although it's my least favorite of the three Born movies, it was uh, one of the moments of my favorite acceptance speeches all night. Which was? Which was when the uh, sound mixer went up to accept the award and asked, is it okay to kiss Halle Berry? <laughs> that I thought was hilarious. That was funny. That and was a nice callback to Adrian Brody sexually assaulting Halle Berry. Uh, he show. had that carefully planned by a PR department. I know the head of it. I heard, though, that she, to this day, is not so happy about not that. Not so happy. She didn't know. Right. But he went, look, what can I do? And they said, oh. Uh, swooper in the car he was practicing i've seen the signed photo hey thanks for working with me on the kiss it was all carefully staged on his side no one gave a heads up to Harry. yeah that's kind of sad well it's a little scary it is sexual assault (laughs) and on the other well i'm not gonna get myself in trouble all right uh so that brings us to best live action short film ah clearly of course i was horrified and shocked and enraged to learn that Pete Handelman's Tom Cruise Scientology video was not nominated. <laughs> We've talked about that before. That deserved. Pete Handelman did the best short film of the year as That's far as true. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. The winner for live action short film was Mozart of the Pickpockets. Les Mozart du Pickpockets. Now, Dean Hagland had predicted the Tonto woman, so thank God right now you have not ruined our perfect record at this point as you have not either because you picked <laughs> tangy argentini <laughs> that that translated that means argentino tango <laughs> i know where it, they showed the clip of them falling all over themselves right now when they showed the clips i immediately knew that i had gotten that <laughs> wrong because if i had known that the mozart of pickpockets was a kid 
which I guess I should have based on the name, yeah. but I just thought, oh, he's a he's a genius. It's his art form. Pickpocketing right. is his art form. No. And it? maybe it's set in Vienna. No. But no, it was he's a kid. And once I knew it was a kid who's a pickpocket, yeah. I mean the hell Oliver won uh, it, best it, picture. It, it's so. Oliver without the music, basically. Thank God. So yeah. it's a better Oliver. Okay, so we're four zero zero. <laughs> wow. Four. First how about first one to win <laughs> a category wins the You know, that might be close to my assessment of what I Um okay. Best Original Song. Now this category wow. was very interesting because Best Original Song to me kind of was it was the best of shows. It was the worst of shows mm-hmm. uh, because so many of those bloated numbers, especially from Enchanted. Holy crap! Uh, you had um, ninety friggin' stage dancers. Um, on the other hand, you uh, you had the falling slowly performance from Once, which was I think that performance might have been the highlight of the entire show. It's actually the only thing I enjoyed. Whereas Colin Farrow's intro of said song was maybe the low light. He comes out what stone drunk, whatever it is. <laughs> well, and he slides on that there was Slide, a little slippy, slippy spot yeah. and he, oh god he clearly not having bathed since yeah. saint swithin's day <laughs> and and he was totally chuffed i love that he were the yes. you know chuffed over there sounds really great but when you hear it on this side of yeah. the pond it chuffed doesn't it means he had no male role models and <laughs> uh, and speaking of which uh again it, it needs asking because uh, you know the this person introduced one of the song performances, who the fuck is Miley Cyrus? <laughs> I asked this again, I screamed, who the fuck is Miley Cyrus? She's Hannah Montana. She's okay, that's so what you kept telling me. That means nothing to me. Okay. What did mean something to me was Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter. You're kidding. That meant something because you so loved Achy Breaky Heart, the one-hit wonder guy? I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show. The best review of any album ever, yes. New Music Express, yeah. Wanker, 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 wanker. You got the four wanker review. Yeah, no, I just don't understand, though, why I like that it was Billy Ray Cyrus. It's just, it's just like, he doesn't get to have a career, and she gets to present on the Oscars? Nonsense. She, he is this dad in Hannah Montana show, so he has a fantastic TV career. Oh, so he's sucking the bones of his daughter's Absolutely, career. Absolutely, which he okay, has no God. problem doing. Okay, thank God. Yes, All right. Okay. So uh, the winner of Best Song was Falling Slowly. It was. And uh, Dean Haglund picked Falling Slowly. As did Phil Lernis. Woo! We each have one. One and one. In your face, everybody. (laughs) Those of you who thought you'd shut us out for good. Um... The uh, another really nice moment on the show was, of course, how touched they were. But then when John Stewart brought her out yeah. after she'd been cut off and let her do her speech, which is makes me go, well, what about everyone else who got cut off for you know that other woman and the two in the in the documentary? Uh, short, they didn't get to come back. How come she? Didn't? I am sure that John Stewart, in his own way, was like Schindler at the end of Schindler's List. I could have <laughs> done more. I could have brought more people back for their acceptance. Because somebody made a great point. Said, "Look at all the clips, and it's clips of people making speeches that weren't uh, played off in twelve seconds. Right. And then they play off people in twelve ec- seconds, so they can play clips of other mo- uh, other Oscar performances. How know. about?" Get rid of all the stupid nonsense introducing the category. Have a star, have someone attractive, whatever, come out and say, the category is this. Here's a look at the work of the five nominees. Then you show, if it's cinematography, five clips of maybe quickly the cinematographer lensing a shot and then how the shot came out. Yeah. 
Uh, same thing for editing, et cetera. The, the actors, it's it's a no-brainer. You show one of the um, writing, maybe you show yeah, the Yeah, I know. But, but just show a clip and of And don't show it. me what their work is. You know that thing, I remember when Top Gun was up for sound editing awards, they had to show the little the sound meters and how the right, air right. plays. No, just, yeah. just, yeah, just show us a clip. Don't Let us see meters. a little bit of it. After all, you are promoting the damn movies. That's exactly the whole point and, of the Oscars. And, and then announce the winner and let him give a speech. Yeah. Cut out everything else. Let the host crack wise. Let the host keep it moving. Mm-hmm. We don't need the presenters to do it. So true. Okay. okay. Next We've up. just made a better show. <laughs> All right. So we're up to best music original score. Oh. And the winner. Where, I don't even see that category. Oh, there it is. Right yeah. Above, yeah. And the winner was Atonement. It was? At one mint? At one mint, which of course <laughs> made me wish, because as soon as they read the nominees mm-hmm. and I heard the music, I, I immediately thought to myself, I wish I had not been so blinded by my own <laughs> hatred when filling out the ballots, because of course at one mint was going to win. The whole movie was music. That's all it was. How? Of course it was, but I was blinded by my own hatred, and I picked... Ratatouille. <laughs> I picked Ratatouille. Although, in fairness, uh, those those Disney films have won best they, music. Well, sometimes. yes, but it's more for musicals, right? Not and uh, whereas Dean Haglund picked At One Mint, so Duh. Dean Haglund is kicking my ass. He's doubling me up. He's up two to mm, one. That ten dollars is mine. <laughs> it's tasting good. <laughs> okay, moving Lunch right along to best makeup. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, um, the winner. Yeah. Was La Vie en Rose. I know, because she apparently aged from 18 to 14. Well, not 18. Well, yeah, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Right. But also, it's it just, you know what I've always told you, the Academy loves it when they make a young, hottie, old, and freaky looking. Exactly. Halle Berry wins for uh, Monster's Ball because she was a hot thing. Did the makeup win? Well, then she... She won Best everything. Actress, I see what yes. you're saying. But, um... The, the Academy loves it. So, who did I pick? You picked La Vie en Rose. Oh, yeah. no, for makeup, Le'Veon Rose. And you picked Le'Veon Rose. And it was Le'Veon Rose. And it was Le'Veon Rose. Look at that. So we, uh, so you're still winning three to two. Though I, I at first was glad when it won because I knew I had picked it correctly. And I was <laughs> in your face, Haglund. Right. And then I started to get a sinking feeling Mm-mm. because of what we're talking about mm-hmm. in terms of what it boded for the best actress category. Yes, yes, which is where which we will, all stuck it up. We'll come back to that okay, tragic keep turn of events Holy later. Smokes. Let's go. So three to two, for those of you keeping at home, <laughs> three, three, to two. <laughs> three to two, <laughs> Dean Haglund is beating your favorite. <laughs> your favorite? <laughs> Sheriff. I believe I am the favorite because <laughs> of my sensibilities over your Coming naked. to best editing. Film editing. Mm-hmm. The winner was, at to the great to the great disturbance of the, the National ADD Society, the Born Ultimatum. I know, really, three Oscars for Born. It did I? Uh, well, whatever. What did the I? The editor. The editor thanked. Here's another reason to hate it. The editor thanked the, and I quote, "Amazing Matt Damon." The amazing. <laughs> What's amazing about Matt Damon other than him having a career? <laughs> oh, wow. No, he's okay. fine. Yes. He's fun. Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> Film uh, editing. Uh, you picked actually the Bourne Ultimatum. 
I love that the Bourne Ultimatum won. <laughs> Whereas you picked No Country for Old Men. Because the editing was impressive. Often, the Best Picture winner will win Best Editing. See, I was thinking In that. fact, one would argue that it kind of should, uh-huh. right? Um, we are now tied. However, what's interesting about No Country for Old Men losing is that the Coen brothers had a chance to win four Oscars that night, not three. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to win four, and they lost for best editing. Isn't that something? Because Roderick James, ah, that's right. the editor for No Country for Old Men, is in fact Joel and Ethan Cohen. Right. They changed their names in order to get around the union rules, just the same way Steven Sodenberg has a fictitious name as the cameraman for all his films. Interesting. He sits in the camera chair. He runs the camera. Be, but He's Peter, the director of photography. But Peter Hyams both directed and shot at least one of his films, I remember. I think the mm-hmm. remake of Narrow Margins. So I'm wondering... Why doesn't he do that? I think it's to, it is a union rule of some sort okay. that uh, changes everything. So I know Steven Sonnenberg does the same thing as the Coen brothers. Anyway, very thing. exciting. We are, mm-hmm. we are tied. Tied. Feel the feel the tension in the room. So this brings us to uh, best documentary short subject. Yes. And uh, now this this category was mentioned in a lot of the reviews of the film of of the show that I read because people uh, really liked how the category was introduced by the soldiers in Iraq. They they did like that. Yes. Mm. They've reviewers have called it the highlight of the show. For me, it wasn't. You want to honor the troops, and I'm not saying you have to. I'm I am politically neutral. I'm Switzerland mm. when it comes to running the show. Yeah, uh, which means I'm just counting my Nazi loot. <laughs> but uh, and it's ten dollars. Right friend. there, feel it. No, you want to honor the troops. Have them introduce best picture. Mm. How about that? In oh, have them introduce best picture when everyone sure. knows what the films are anyway. The problem that I had with this one is it's a category that a lot of people aren't watching anyway. They're turning off the show, and they didn't say anything about the films. You didn't know a thing about them. You didn't know a thing about them except Could the you? names. Yeah. They didn't even show clips for them. It was the one category where you got to learn nothing. Yeah, and that's where you would think you would want to advertise these lesser, smaller things. It's so sad. It's very it's sad. It's so sad. Uh, the winner was Free Held. Free Held. Free. Free. Oh, free Held. Free as a bird. Free see the Held. Category. Where's the category here? Uh, the category is in the second column, second from the bottom. Oh, there you are. Oh, Free Held. And guess who got documentary short? Correct. Did I pick Free Held? Mr. Freehold by Phil Lerness. Look and at that. Dean Haglin, on the other hand, picked... Free held. Did I? Yes. <laughs> We're smart. Wow. I uh, I don't know why I picked that. Probably because all the other ones sounded kind of foreign and weird. So we're tied. Yeah. Four. Four. Fantastic. I get the feeling like this is either really exciting for our listeners, a little bit like big time wrestling, or, or it's our worst show ever. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. But it is. is a- but it is Hollywood award season, and and why shouldn't our collective heads be as far up our asses as the rest of the industry. <laughs> well, and the, so uh, that's sort of the problem with the show, isn't it? Self-congratulatory. I mean, right. it, when the Golden Globes had the strike on, it was kind of nice just a press conference and here's your Golden Globes. Yeah. You know? But but everybody does like to see the fashions. <sighs> Even some of our, our listeners at home, 
uh, their favorite part of the show is to see, uh, you know, how well or poorly dressed people are. The train wrecks and the, which will bring us to Diablo Cody in a minute. But I'm wearing Skechers with uh, <laughs> socks from uh, Calvin Klein. And uh, my jeans are $5 from the uh, Santi Alley in downtown Los I Angeles. I like Santi Alley. Santi Alley. And my t-shirt is uh, Goodwill. I'm wearing a feathery boa. <laughs> yes, you are. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> this hip, is hip boots. Oh, I call them hip waders. No pants. Mm. No, like most of no what I wear on our show, pants. my wardrobe has been uh, graciously provided by the Salvation Army. <laughs> Best costume design. Uh, speaking of wardrobe... Oh, that was a nice segue. It's almost like we planned it. I didn't believe it. Okay, best costume design. uh, The first award given, and I knew it was going to be an awful night when the winner was Elizabeth the Golden (sighs) Age. Could you believe that? I mean, it's, it's a period piece. They just went through the warehouses of all the studios and dragged the crap out and from every other... And it's a sequel. Other... I know. They didn't do use any of these costumes for the original... Look, I watched the movie this weekend, believe it or not, and... You it's, did? It's terrible. Is it? It's terrible. The first one is so much fun, and this one is terrible. The This one is the one I thought I was going to see the first time. Like, I don't want to see some stupid, ridiculous soap opera... And weighted by the epic moments of history. It was it was terrible. It's the first really bad performance I've ever seen Clive Owen give. Anyway, the costumes, yeah, they're nice. They're cool. But really, I mean, they could, even if they didn't go through the costume departments at every studio and just drag out what's been used before, even if they didn't do that, why didn't they do that? <laughs> None of us care. None of us care. I know, exactly. Okay, uh, so that you, so that one. What did what did I pick? You picked Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber, of Fleet Street, and which, uh, uh, Dean Haglund picked Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber. <laughs> Fleet Street. We're we're shadowy reflections upon each other. That's sad. I mean, well, I think it's because, uh, well, I don't know why. I thought maybe we uh, were actually judging based on what we assumed the rest of the Academy would be voting, but it seems like now. The Academy's been infiltrated by idiots. Wow. <laughs> okay, best cinematography. Mm, here you can't lose. Really? Well, what, did, what was the winner? Oh, you. You are interesting. All right. Mm. The winner was Robert Elswit for There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood. It That's is right. fantastic work. There's it no is. question about yeah. it. I thought it was so classy when he talked about the production design, the art direction of the film, and said, you know, 80% of this award belongs to them. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really classy. I did not get this right. Because you picked No Country for Old Men. With Roger, uh, shot by Roger, Should the great be. Roger Deakins. Yes. What's very interesting about this is that you originally picked No Country for Old Men with by Roger Deakins, crossed it out, and you picked There Will Be Blood. Yeah. So you got that right. I yeah. want to know, why did you pick No Country and then back away from it? Well, because uh, Richard Deakins, uh, I th- Roger, Roger De- yeah, um, he had won previously uh, for something, and then I re-looked at uh, There Will Be Blood, and I thought that be- it was amazing cinematography for the fact that uh, both those shots, you know, both those movies were shot in the exact same area in Marfa, Texas. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a shot that was wrecked in No Country of the Old Men because black plumes of smoke were coming out of the horizon from the oil well fire of There Will Be Blood. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? So if you look at those two movies side by side and see the landscape, the way the landscape is shot, the richness and the variety that... Uh, there will be blood has over no country old men made me choose uh, no country or er, there will be blood. 
I thought it would be No Country for Old Men because of the variety, because we have mm -hmm. several different settings and locations and locales and types of scenes in... Uh, uh, but how much harder is it to make a flat landscape, a single line in the desert of Marfa, Texas, look c continually fresh, new, interesting visually, as opposed to a variety of, of locales and stuff that you're shooting uh, uh, almost pedestrian? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> here's why nice. I think mm. that uh, you got this right and I got this wrong. And here's why I, what uh -oh. I, why I thought you were going to tell me that you switched your vote at the last moment. Because I was cheating? No, because <laughs> Roger Deakins also shot... The assassination of Jesse James uh, by the coward yes. Robert Ford. So he was nominated twice, twice in the same category. And I wonder that whether or not vote? he split his own vote. Mm. Can you do that? Split your own vote? Well, I mean, people I would have voted for both. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the uh, the one. Uh some of the wood shots were amazing. I mean, here's the real question. Mm. No, what I, what I guess what I'm getting at is if it had been a different nominee rather than himself for assassination, would many of those votes gone to, to No Country for Old Men? Or are most of the voters in the Academy, who are actors, completely clueless when it comes to what the name of the cinematographer is, and, and they're just going to vote, vote for, for whatever they picture. want anyway? That's interesting. Because maybe if that's the case, uh, Roger Deakins would have been smart to change his name and film uh, Assassination in a completely that's uh, interesting. pseudonym. Especially if he changed it to Robert Ellswit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then split the other guy. This brings us to the halfway point of the show. Uh, oh my God, our moment. show. How long ago? Have we been on this for two hours? <laughs> let's look at the clips of some of our past shows. <laughs> well, that's why I want, I thought halfway through the categories. We're now through 12 of the 24 categories. Good God, and board. 12 way through, 12 awards through, I've gotten four right and eight, eight wrong. Yes. You've gotten five right <laughs> and seven wrong. <laughs> so I'm winning. But that brings us to the halfway point. Mm -hmm. And it brings us to my favorite part of every Oscar telecast, the montage of the dead people. Uh. Now this year, and it's always like, a, it's a game show thing for me. It's always like, let's see who's the most popular based on the yeah. rounds of applause. I know. A, who applauses for they, dead They applaud. For dead people. Uh, yeah. They're dead. Oh, he died. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely yeah. done. Okay. And when did we start putting agents and executives in the roll call there? I know. That I know. There were agents. And scumbags, all of them. It's and like at like concerts when people like will just sit through the whole concert, but they'll applaud when a hit song starts to get played. Like, mm. oh, a song I know. Oh, yay. Yes. Good for you. Let me hold up my cell phone. And so, anyway, but and yet, at the same time, I'm drawn to this ca this montage like Moth to Flame. I'm eager to find out who the most popular dead person is. And who who do people it? like the best? For the longest time, was I was terrified <laughs> that it was going to be Jack Valenti. <laughs> he, I mean, he was beating Deborah Carr. I know. Star of, of uh, From Here to Eternity, um, uh, The King and I. Uh, yes. And, uh, and then Jack Valenti at the last, almost the last minute, gets beat out by Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> Other than The Birds, was she ever in a movie? No, but she was very funny in the New Heart show. Right, but this is about the motion picture industry. Uh, actors. Fortunately, as I started to panic, mm. I realized... Oh, thank God Heath Ledger's dead. Wait, did I say that? What I meant was, thank God there's someone who's absolutely going to win this category. And, of course, Heath Ledger brought down the house. And where was Brad Renfro? Where was Brad? <laughs> no Brad Renfro. And no Roy Schneider. 
No Roy Scheider. Right? Where was he? Oh, my they God. They were wearing the Jaws and a Blue Thunder. Or just a, you know, none of that. So next year we're going to get Roy Scheider? Well, he died this year, didn't he? Yeah. So they made this montage a while ago. I guess, but there was no Brad Renfro. Yeah, I know so that's what, they sad. they're going to stick him next year? No, that's really sad. Well, wow. Okay, so the montage of dead people. I mean, Marcus Welby was uh, two years ago on that. Everybody clapped then. And all they showed were clips from Marcus Welby, MD. He, and he did, like, one movie. Hmm. With, yeah. Hmm. All, right. Uh, well. all right, best art direction. Ah, here's where I think I clean up. Now, when when I realized that all of There Will Be Blood was built, I actually thought, Oh, that movie deserves it. Mm-hmm. That I, one. I, 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 and, and so, no matter uh, what I picked, what one, I'm going down saying that, uh, that I think that film actually deserved it. There will what be actually blood. won? What won was Dante Ferretti for Sweeney Todd. And you picked Sweeney Todd. Did I? <laughs> you did. You and yet I'm now saying that it didn't deserve right, it. Right, you thought maybe there. And you picked... Sweeney Todd. I know, because I thought that was good art direction. It looks fantastic. It was fantastic, of course. And Dante Ferretti, there's a rule that I think he wins every year. Does he win every year? Someone with an Italian name has to win every year. Who was the guy who had 20 nominations and didn't win this time? Uh, And uh, he's been nominated 20 times. Susan Lucci. (laughs) Yeah, he's the Susan Lucci of the (laughs) post-production world. Okay, best animated feature film. Mm, Not short, but feature. The winner was... Ratatouille. Ah, and now, you and I... Now, introducing the award, Steve Carell joked about how he was about to throw up. Mm-hmm. Accepting the award, director Brad Bird joked about throwing up. Ratatouille winning made me want to throw up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I think it's odd that you picked the hottie and the naughty. Now, that wasn't even nominated. <laughs> it's a Paris Hilton. What are you... <laughs> it's more deserving that, than Ratatouille. I thought it was very animated. I didn't even see Ratatouille. But but they had the chance here to give actually an important film yeah. an award. Well, and, you a- know, and to make sure that people would go to see this movie. I think it's because you are with Cinema Arts, a foreign distribution company, and my office is next door to Cinema Arts, a foreign distribution company, that we understand the importance and the art of a fantastic film from Iran. That both from of us France, picked. from France actually. It's from France, but it's a Iranian, Iranian girl. F- filmmaker and, and she was she her had a graphic novel, the Persepolis, and uh, and we both picked Persepolis. And we both p- picked it, and, and it's we fantastic. Get, and we get Ratatouille in our face. And if you see an animated film, I mean, I really thought the animated uh, branch. Well, I mean, again, everybody votes. It's not just the yeah. people in that branch, but they voted for Spirited Away for, I believe, the first animated Oscar. That's right. And it didn't need to be the most successful film, right? I think it's because it was black and white, and it was uh, slightly uh, modern. uh, uh, Well, in some ways it seems like it's a throwback, like it's... uh, A 1960s kind of... And yet there was some really adventurous filmmaking going on in Persepolis. I say it again, I like how you pronounce it. Persepolis? Yeah, I say Persepolis. Persepolis. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. good. Well, it's the... You use your mouth, Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Please, everybody, get me out. So whatever you do, please make uh, your friends Dean and Phil happy and uh, see Persepolis. And save Ratatouille for your late night yeah. HBO 
question. Mm. That does a little ratatouille sound good, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Best documentary feature. Feature, not short. The winner was Taxi to the Dark Side. Now that's shocked me. Now, I have heard, from what I've heard about these films, mm-hmm. the, the best film won. That's yeah, what yeah. I've heard. But I heard, I thought that was so dark about exactly. a guy, a taxi driver who's beaten, who just, all he had in his trunk was it's a couple. It's the darkest of the films in a category that's very dark. Very dark to so begin dark with. So dark that the lightest is charcoal. Yes. And that's why I picked, I think, No End in Sight. No End in Sight, which is still dark. Yeah, it's still, still dark. Now, I picked, did I not, uh, War Dance. Yeah. Because I thought that all these films, I knew that we, we kind of agreed that Michael Moore would not win this. No, you could yeah. kind of eliminate him. Yeah. But all these others dealing with the war, I thought, well, War Dance actually deals with hope with the way these kids are expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe the Academy will embrace hope. No, we're embracing Pure, the darkness. naked, fragile hope. No. no. And, and they bo- did not. They they went as dark as possible. Boy, and I thought really hearing the documentary and the animated features where I would clean up, and so far, uh, it's still... You're about to uh, really take what I think is an insurmountable lead over me, though. Really? With uh, Best Foreign Language Film. Ah, yes. Uh, the Counterfeiters. Mm-hmm. From Austria. Which uh, you picked. Yeah. And I need to know why, because this is, from everything I'm hearing, far and away the weakest of the foreign language films. Yeah. So why did you pick it? uh, I picked it out of uh, blind luck because I heard somebody actually saw it. That's the only reason. This is my conspiracy about this. Out of all the foreign language films, I actually ran into somebody who said, oh, hey, I saw The Counterfeiters. It's a... Foreign film is pretty the, good. The people that I know yeah. who have seen this in the Academy, in the foreign language branch, when they did the nominations, this was the weakest of the five nominees. Mm-hmm. I want to cry conspiracy about this. Mm, excellent. Because why is the only one that has secured a theatrical release the winner? Why is the only one that was screened for critics the winner? Hmm. Because that's the only one anyone actually heard about. And so, saw. Yeah, so when they're voting, they just go, oh, I heard, probably the same way I just voted here is the way the Academy voted. Go, oh, yeah. It makes me angry. I makes, bet it does. It makes me angry. Because you voted for 12 from Russia. Yeah, but great um, Russian director, uh, Nikita Mikolkov, my pronunciation is terrible, great director. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a couple legendary directors in this category. Andy Klein uh, who's a, a film reviewer in a in a paper here? Actually, syndicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote something hysterical. He he predicted in his review of Counterfeiters um, that it would win on the basis of the fact that although there's only one film from Russia, there's two Russian filmmakers, and he thought that the Russian films would split the Russian film vote. <laughs> yeah, the the film voting block in the Academy. And as soon as he wrote those words in his review, he knew how like ridiculous <laughs> it was. It's one of the funniest reviews. Anyway, uh, uh, so Counterfeiter. So I'm in I'm in big serious trouble. Big serious trouble because you have one, two, three, four, five, and I'm up at seven. Somewhere. Yeah, you're winning seven to five. Excellent. That ten dollars is mine. It's a little bit like match play in golf. <laughs> yes. I find right now what we're doing. Right. I'll be skins. You be shirt. <laughs> so. 
coming to what might have been the strongest category of the evening, Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes. Uh, this was, if I could find it, this was a very strong category. I mean, you had... Sarah Pauly. Uh, you had Sarah Pauly for Away From Her. You had Ronald Harwood, previous winner for The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which mm-hmm. we both loved. You had uh, the Coen Brothers for No Country for Old Men, Paul Thomas Anderson for There Will Be Blood. I mean, this is all amazing work. Oh, you also had Atonement. <laughs> and, you know, oh, and who won? The winner of Best Adapted Screenplay, No Country for Old Men, in the first of what would be three awards yes. for the Coen brothers, begging the question, which one's married to Francis McDormand? Mm, the quiet one. Um, I think uh, you got that correct, mister. You almost got it wrong, uh, but at the last minute changed from There Will Be Blood. You pulled the inverse of cinematography. Yeah. You had originally picked There Will Be Blood. And you switched at the last minute to No Country for Old Men because I thought, oh yeah, there, if it's uh, it's going to be a sweep for No Country, so you got to give me every award. Okay, so clearly at this point, still down two, eight to six, running yep. out of categories. I'm, it, it's looking bad for me. It is at bad this for point me too, though, though. Really, I just want to finish in the top two. <laughs> <laughs> tough <laughs> might be tough. <laughs> Best original screenplay. Oh uh, yes. Uh, not such a strong category. Presented by. International box office legend Harrison Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford, you're right. The operative question there: Has Why? he had a stroke? <laughs> Did you see him? Yeah, he was like really. You know what? I think that's years of marijuana use does that. That's what I was telling people. I was saying, no, don't, don't worry. <clears throat> you know, his farm in Montana, 64 acres, is strictly for his own private reserve. <laughs> that uh, I believe he has the medical card for as well. Send the letters <laughs> to dean at fromtheheartofhollywood.com. And oh, by all means, when I'm in reminds me, you know, you can find us every week on the web oh, at yes. fromtheheartofhollywood.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, stream us, download us, subscribe to us on iTunes, fromtheheartofhollywood.com, or you can find us on the MySpace at myspace.com backslash from the heart of Hollywood. And please add us as a friend. Okay. Original screenplay presented by Harrison Ford. The, ah. the winner was Diablo Cody. Oh, for Juno. For Juno. Which you picked, mister. Did I? Yes, you did. Which, considering you, how much you hated that I movie. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a, a lovely sitcom. sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a, a, a lovely, though odd, outfit she was almost wearing. I, I thought it showed off her stripper tattoo very nicely on her arm. How funny was Jon Stewart's line about <clears throat> she went from being an exotic dancer to a screenwriter, and I hope you enjoy the cut in pay. <laughs> yeah, very funny. What did I pick, by the way? You picked Diablo Code. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah so you're still up, too. Fantastic. Nine to seven. Awesome. <coughs> now we come down to the final I'm running stretch. out. I'm running out of chances here. Well, me too. Everybody at where, home is really pulling for me. This is where I screw up heavily, so don't worry. Best director. Mm-hmm. A wonderful category. You have lost <laughs> your <laughs> mind. Okay, the winner was the Coens. The Coens no Country for Old Men. I know. So here's what I thought. I thought they would get best let's, adapted. Well, let's let's okay, let's announce you that I got it right. You got it right. Good because for you. you know the winners of best picture are gonna win best director. Not always. Well, my, most of the time. My reasoning. Was, not always. Polanski won for uh, the pianist. Yeah, exactly. Case in point. I thought it'd be another split like that, and I thought. Uh, and once a best picture winner didn't even have their director nominated once, and that was Driving Miss Daisy. Oh yeah. However, yeah. I don't think a director has ever won 
without his or her film being nominated, mm. <laughs> which brings us to Dean Haglund. I mean, I really, I mean, I'm still losing, so uh, I shouldn't get so upset yeah, exactly. with you. Thank you for getting this wrong and for picking the most deserving candidate. Thank you. Julian Schnabel. I don't know. For the where. diving bell. In the Suddenly butterfly. I had hope. I had, yeah. I, I had a wish that maybe Julian, my, you, See, hope, my favorite director. Hope, clearly, as our picks are showing, hope does not pay off. Jaded yeah. cynicism pays off clearly so i have pulled to within one nine to eight you have you know what you could probably pull uh one more well let's, we, we let's uh, hey let's oh let's just let's not did you do animated fil short film i think we skipped that co category animated short i may have indeed skipped that category you have i did and i know who won oh my goodness the winner was peter and the wolf yeah which you picked Peter and the Wolf. And from the clips that I showed, I'm glad that it I picked it. I'm cool. glad that I won. It was very cool. Yeah, yes. it was cool. Uh, what did I pick for that? I don't think I picked that. Animated short. Thanks for bringing this up. I Met the Walrus. Exactly. Which was the one film that I said I absolutely didn't want to win, no matter what, in that category. Why? Because it was just based on an audio interview with John Lennon from the 60s. And I think uh, that... That's lame. Yeah, that that's half the film was given to them. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Well, Peter and the Wolf is based on the. They still have to write it. They still have to adapt it. They still have to. You it's know, the music's all written. Somewhere. Oh, anyway, yeah. now we're tied, aren't we? Look wow. at I just lost two. You just gained two, so we are now tied coming into the home stretch. Wow. Feel the tension. Uh, that ten dollars isn't how just mine. Anyway. How did I? Uh, it's almost like we planned that for me to overlook <laughs> animated short. You are quite an honest man. I mean, this could we could have gone through the whole thing, and it wouldn't have been until next week. Wait, we have a recount. Uh, All right, we have to go through the list again. We're moving into our final five categories. And this is where Best I screw up. Supporting actress. It's you and I. Such a weak collection Ugh. of performances. Do you know that in the in the pre-Oscar telecast mm -hmm. on the red carpet, even Helen Mirren alluded to what I was talking about, was it last week or a couple weeks ago, about the weak uh, range of roles for women this oh, year. Oh, yeah, really? Because she talked about what an astonishing assemblage of performances and characters in the Best Actor category, and that, sadly, not the same for women this year. That's true. And what, uh, <clears throat> what was amazing to me, that even in the clip, when Tilden Swinton won for Michael Clayton, even in that clip, you hear her accent, accent. wavering. Wavering. Totally. You really do. You know, um, what the? Well, you know, Alan Arkin uh, presented, because he won Best Supporting Actor, again, Last one of those. Really? Sunshine. He won? Yeah. Uh, Alan Arkin lies through his teeth when he presents this award, saying that the golden age of film is still alive based on the supporting actress performances. <laughs> oh, My reaction to him lying through his teeth like that, I know this was written for him. I know he's, he's just saying it because it's written, and that's what actors do. Mm. Take back the Oscar from that whore <laughs> that he won the year before. That's what I demand. Okay, the winner was Tilda Swinton for Michael Clayton. You and I both. The exchange uh, between Lily and I during this category, mm. Lily said, well, you know, it was a tough call on who to vote for. And I said, yeah, because they were all bad. Uh, clearly, they gave it to the, the, the person who they deemed was the best performer in general with the most important role in a in specific, specific film. film. Right. Because, right. as you said, Ruby Dee's in it for all of five minutes. Right. Uh, and Gone Baby Gone, nobody saw. And, and she was terrible. And, and she's not going to have a career. 
And uh, Matilda Swinton has been award-worthy in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, Deep End of the Ocean is so good. Uh, but Kate Blanchett's too weird because she's playing Bob Dylan. And it's, and it's not so important to the overall success of the film because it's just a bunch of short films yeah, within right. that movie. Whereas Tilda Swinton's character was actually important to the film. Right. And uh, it's filmed in black and white. So, no so uh, what did I get? What did I pick? You picked Kate Blanchett as well. I picked Kate Blanchett. Yeah. We just had, you know, a different, it's just a different time in our lives, man. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah, we, we thought the adventurousness, the woman playing a man, they loved I that. thought Julian Schnabel, you know. So we, so we limp into the home stretch. The final uh, four categories tied nine to nine. And ouch. Uh, best supporting actor. The uh, what do I have here? You know who you got. Oh well, this yeah. How can you not? Yeah, the Javier Bardem Award this year was going <laughs> to prevent either of us from getting shut out. Yeah, entirely. exactly. Winner Javier Bardem of the Javier Bardem Award for No Country for Old Men. Great bit when he uh, spoke to his mother. Yes, in Spanish. and I didn't realize she was a famous Spanish comedian. Oh, did you know that the whole well, family's I, an actors? And, and I knew that she gave him a lot of advice. Yeah, when he no, was coming they're, to they're both uh, the whole family is uh, well-renowned performers over there. You know what was very cool was that he was the front page cover on the local Spanish language newspapers the next day. He was. Yeah, oh, I think I that's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing that uh, did I pick that? Yeah, of course you did. And you did. How as How could well. you not? I would be ashamed of you if you didn't. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't be the last time in the show. <laughs> okay. So ten. Kate, to ten. actress. Best actress presented by Forrest Whitaker, uh, who often inspires the, the same uh, question for me whenever mm -hmm. I hear him present these things. I mean, he's such a gifted actor, and he seems like such a sweet man, and, and, <laughs> and, and I always am inspired to ask the same thing, which is, what is he talking about? <laughs> what was he talking about? Yeah, I know. I don't it was know. Just, yeah. Uh, the winner was Marianne Cotillard for being young and hot and being made up to look old, old and, and freaky. Exactly. And she came and cried and freaked out and uh, uh, forgot the English language. And uh, yeah, She thanked her director saying, you rocked my life. <laughs> right. And then she didn't thank Edith Piaf. Yeah, by the way. At that moment, when she failed to thank Edith Piaf, wouldn't the Academy have thought to take the Oscar away and give it to Julie Christie, who deserved it? Nah, yeah, well, exactly, because you and I both picked Julie Christie. We both picked Julie Christie. And we both got that wrong. And so... We're tied at 10. Which proves that if you're a hottie and then you get older, you don't get awards. You know what's funny? That is... happened to Lauren Bacall, remember? She was up for an Oscar. Right. It would be maybe her very last chance to win an Oscar. Right. And it goes to Juliette Binochet, and you're like, wow, oh, how dark God. is this to them? I, um... What I think is really, I have never gotten more wrong than I got right. And right now, we both need to get the final two right just to hit 50%. Wow. I mean, I think you can just blindfolded pick the winners and get 50%. And I think maybe, you know, they showed that thing of how the Academy votes. Yeah. And Brad Bird just dropped his drop pen, yeah. pen. Yeah, I think that is maybe how a lot of these voting. No, out. they have their kids drop their pens. Okay, Best Actor presented by Helen Mirren, and, you know, what a wonderful actress. And every time I think about all her great performances, I just think she's still so hot. Yes. The winner was Daniel Day-Lewis. How can Quite I not an be? upset <laughs> there. <laughs> No one saw that coming. There will be blood. Mm -hmm. Nice moment between uh, Mr. Lewis and... Uh, Getting crowned. It's close as there will be. Becoming a knight. That Which, was cute. Which, you know, he should take that back because I think he's on his way to knighthood anyway. Of course. Yeah, but, okay. you know... Well, especially after openly campaigning for it like that. <laughs>
<laughs> I would like to be knighted. So uh, we both got that right. Yes. Yeah, so we're number. tied at 11. Though I thought the last second maybe George Clooney might have uh, pulled an upset there. Because he had a, you know, there was an upswing of George Clooney in the press all of a sudden in the final weeks running up to it. Yeah, no, there was no chance. There well, was no chance. Uh, I'm just saying that it felt like it. Best Picture by this point in the evening also really had no suspense left to it. The winner was No Country for Old Men. You picked On, No the, Country for Old Men. I picked No Country for Old Men. So, uh, Two, wow. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, so and you got 12, and uh, so our longest show ever, ultimately <laughs> our least suspenseful. Here's your money back. Here's Give your me money my back. money back, and we'll let it ride for next year. <laughs> we tied at 12 to 12. Uh, the, um, the two things... You know what? You know where I was during this? I was on a haunted ship in the Long Beach Harbor, the Queen Mary. You should have stayed there. I this is stayed ridiculous. There. This was ridiculous. All right, uh, the uh, analyzing rather than the show. Yes. Analyzing the awards itself, yeah. and we can finally put to bed uh, the year of two thousand seven. I noticed this. I thought it was very interesting that they sp- really spread the wealth in mm-hmm. the, the Academy this year. All five Best Picture nominees actually won an award. I don't know if that's happened before. It may have happened before. Uh, the they all won, That's even true. atonement with with music. Yeah, uh, but uh, they and get something. Everybody goes home with something. And the others all won f- fairly major awards. I mean, uh, Juno won a screenplay award. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Clayton won supporting actress. Uh, there will be blood. One actor and and cinematography, and yep. of course. Uh, writing and directing and best picture for uh, the Coens. And it was the lowest rated uh, Oscars ever. 33 million people, which is at you know what uh, people were watching um, Will and Grace at the height of Will and Grace it was about the same audience. 33 million people. Well, I think there's a couple things. One, I mean, it it often is based on the films, what the films are that are nominated. Mm. There there weren't a lot of huge crowd pleasers in the in the nominated True. categories. None of them made over $100 million except Juno. Right. And then the other thing about it is uh, I think with all the talk about strikes, mm. I don't know if anybody really had the appetite to see Hollywood congratulate themselves. Well, and here's the other thing. You know, my mom used to watch just to see the stars once a year. Right. But now with your TMZ and your pop kids with the video cameras on every website, you, you see them every day. And there aren't really that many stars. They're, and they're, and because we see them every day. We'll see, most, we'll see most of these people at the Emmys. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, there's no real reason to watch for the glamour, and there's I, no reason to watch for the films. I, of course, used to have, and I say of course as if anyone would know this, <laughs> I used to have a thing called the Academy of the Overlooked. And uh, this year, the 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 winner in the Academy of the Overlooked, of course, is Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Uh, everybody knows it was my my top film of the year. However, um, also it, it it begs the question: if a movie is nominated for best cinematography, mm-hmm. best editing, mm-hmm. best writing, mm-hmm. and best direction, mm-hmm. in short, all the components that make up a movie, the best film, how is it? Not one of the five nominees for Best Picture. I ask myself that. It's amazing oh. that the best cinematographer, best editor, best writer, best director could turn in a movie that somehow didn't really work. Right, because Atonement <laughs> was far better than that. The Monty Python sketch with the Dunkirk middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you've taken that and run with it. I love that. So, oh, wow. I heard that, uh, I read somewhere that they had a call-in show in London during the... 
and no one called in because no one was watching the Oscars. Nobody watches the Oscars anywhere. I mean, I always loved this claim that a billion people are watching the Oscars. I don't even think hundreds of million are. No, of course, they couldn't. First of all, 33 million watched it in this country. Even in strong years, big years when it's 50 or 60 million, where are you coming up with the other 940 million (laughs) when you know no one in India or China is watching? There's half the uh, world gone. No one in Africa is watching. You're talking about Europe. Right. Maybe Australia. Maybe Australia. But that, that and would they're be not a, watching it live. No, and and they would only be watching it if there was a film from that country in the nominating yeah, category. It's, so. it's ridiculous. Uh, you know what I would like to see as a change in the Oscars, and this is not even a joke. Mm. I'll tell jokes next week, but we're running out of time right we now. We certainly are. I would like to see, after the fact, I would like to see transparency in the mm, balloting. To see how close they came. I would like to see the votes. Yeah. Open up the votes. I don't need to see it for nominations. I don't need to see who came close but didn't quite get a nomination. Or even but percentage. I would like to see the percentage. Percentage of the Academy As in any the... election. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Because then we would see the conspiracies. Well, it would just be interesting, would it not? I think it would be interesting. Because, you know, how close did There Will Be Blood come to No Country for Old Men in terms of voting? And, and where did the vote split? You would see a 25-25-26, you know. Uh, in between two films. So that's what I would like to see. Mm. Uh, Anyway, this has been uh, a lot of fun for (laughs) us. I don't know. You'll have to let us know whether it was fun to listen to. It really has been a a blast. I enjoyed preparing for this. Yes. Um, Well done. Preparing. Our our show is, uh, as always, brought to you by the good folks at Chill Pack. Check them out at uh, C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K.com. It takes your laptop computer, and probably by this time next week, since yesterday I bought an... uh, IBM uh, ThinkPad. Look at you. Uh, it'll Where be it? keeping my. It's being sent. Oh. It uh, it will be keeping my laptop uh, running so fast by keeping it cool. You see, that's what the Chill Pack does. It uh, it speeds up your laptop by cooling it down. Fantastic. Don't take my word for it. Check it out at ChillPack.com. It's an amazing device. It's only twenty five dollars with shipping included. It's easy to use. And you won't be disappointed. Till you. Nec- till next week, I'm Phil Lernis. I'm Dean Haglin. Thanks so much. I'm going to spend my money that I didn't win. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.